Welcome to the Grow Gelt Podcast, where we talk about ups and downs, in and outs of fundraising for nonprofits. Our host is Elazar Green, CFRE, who specializes in communication, strategy, and donor relations. He's helped over 100 nonprofits raise millions of dollars. Every episode is designed to be 10 minutes or less, giving you just enough time to get the answers you need while juggling your busy schedule. Let's get started. Do you ever wonder how emergency room doctors and nurses and staff are able to get through the day? Especially when there is a huge surge in cases like we've been seeing recently around across the country and around the world. People coming into emergency rooms. Some of them are being left in the hallways. How does how do these staff, the doctors and nurses are saving lives, how do they avoid getting vested? too much into one patient or into one case and the question is a good one and the question i want you to think about this because this has a lot to do with with the way your donors think about saving others so so imagine you're a nurse or a doctor and you see one patient and and you get to know their history and you get to see them and they're a parent or, or mother or father and they have several kids and and they're in an emergency room, so God knows it's an emergency, and you want to do everything you can for that family to save this person. And then you can't. And it happens again, and it happens again, and it happens again. There is a concept called compassion fatigue. Compassion fatigue means that the cases are so many, and the, the people are so hurt they're so bad that you come to grips with reality that you can't save everyone. So therefore, you care less. Doesn't mean you give less care. It means you're not invested so much in the outcome of these patients. And you do this, your brain does this for you in order for you to go on through your day, in order for you to function, in order for you to be able to be there for the next patient and the next patient and the next patient. You can't be emotionally invested in the outcome of every single patient because every loss you will hurt too deeply and every person that is suffering will hurt you, will bother you too much. So we have this compassion fatigue. It's an automatic thing. It's not something you necessarily have to turn on, but it happens with the brain your brain says wow that's too many people for me to help therefore i can't really be invested in any of them and looking at this through this lens will help understand why all the nonprofit professionals tell you that when you're building your case you don't talk about numbers and you don't talk about millions of people that are being helped because as soon as you talk about so many people who are being who this person is helping person's brain gets into compassion fatigue it says wow that's too many people for me to help i can't help everybody therefore i'm not going to help anybody and it's not they're not mean they're not bad they're just you're asking them to do something more than the brains and hearts can handle it's, it's critically important we understand this it's called compassion fatigue and it's the reason why when you make your case to donors as we enter the last quarter of 2021 and we make get ready for the fall fundraising and the end of year and December fundraising, 
we remember how we make our cases to our donors. And it's not that we have a money gap. Can you help us fill our gap? That's not how, why people give. People don't give just so you shouldn't be in debt. People don't give just so you'll end up in the red. People don't give just because you're helping millions of people. People give to help one person. So how do you, how do you pick this person to showcase? How do you pick this person to illustrate your work? So we have to remember that there's, there's really a few elements involved over here. I want you to think of the process that it takes in order to light a fire. You're in the wilderness, you're in a camp, you want to build a campfire. What is the process that you have to build? And the first thing you need to do is you have to collect kindling. Kindling is these little small shavings or twigs. Some people use newspaper and you need these little things that burn fast and burn out quick. And in order to, the kindling that you need to activate, you need to light up when it comes to asking people for money is the kindling of emotions. Now, usually we, we, we interchange, we call emotions feelings and feelings are emotions. But for the purpose of this talk, this podcast, this episode, we're going to differentiate. Emotions are the automatic thing that your brain shifts into. It's almost by instinct. And the feeling is the feeling that comes afterwards. So, for example, if someone goes over to you and says, bah! That what happens, all of a sudden your heart starts racing a little bit. And then you realize, oh, oh my gosh, I'm afraid. So you start to fear. You start to feel the feeling of scared or, or, or fear. So the emotion is that initial moment where something is triggered. Emotions are the kindling. And feelings is what happens after the kindling. Feeling, feelings is a, is a little bit of a more slow burn. So we have to make sure we light up a person's a person's emotions because all action is driven by emotions. All action, if you want the donor to do something, to, to give something, to act on something, you have to make sure to activate the emotions followed by the feelings, followed by actions. So the emotions is the kindling. How do you activate the emotions? The strongest emotions that you can have a person feel is fear, hatred, then is joy, then is passion, happiness, celebration. These are all things that all of a sudden you you can activate just by bringing to to light certain things. For example, the new the news of a baby being born and the details. The baby is six pounds. The baby is was, was a healthy popped right out. It was a healthy delivery. Thank God, everything went smooth in labor for less than three hours. Mom's doing fine. These details bring to mind their own birth, the births of their own kids and grandkids, and it activates this kind of emotion. So whatever you're doing to save the world, to help the world become a better place, there's something that you do that people, that you can deep, deeply reach people from wherever they are and activate this thing. If you help kids after school, you can talk about what it's like to be a lonely kid, a kid without support at home when he needs it, or you know, and and what it's like to not do well in school because you don't have the the support at home to do your homework, or you, or what's what it's like to, to, to fall into the wrong crowd because there, because you you know there's nobody waiting at home for you, and that's just one example. 
all these things, anything that you do, you should be able to think about your audience, think about how this can affect them, and try to hit that emotion. And emotion brings the feelings. And the second thing you do is try to do it in a way, talk about it in a way where they see themselves in it. We all have the same needs. We all want to be loved. We all want to be cared for. We all want to be respected. We all need friends. We all need dignity. We, we, we all need the same basic human biological emotions and needs. All of us have it. And when you show your prospects or your donors how how giving to your organization is actually giving Stephen a chance to feel all those things, something which he struggles for because, and you talk about the, the reason why he struggles for those things, then all of a sudden a person feels emotion, emotion translates into feeling, which he feels or she feels uh, the the, uh, the same despair, loneliness, disrespect, uncared for, not seen, that whoever that you're talking about, about the people that you help. So they, your donor starts to feel that as well. And ultimately this will lead to action, which is to do something, click something, give something, send something, because they care. Because you manage to kindle an emotion which led to a feeling or at least an understanding of a feeling that your what your uh, children or your or, or your environment or your animals whatever it is that you do what they are going through themselves and this leads to a gift now the next thing you need to do after that is to make sure to not drop the ball because once you got a gift the the, the rates the percentage is is it's crazy right now how many people fall off after the first gift and how many of you fall off after the second gift you have you don't have a lot of time after the first gift to show your donor that you are going to provide the same experience to them and let's talk about that for a second what experience am i talking about when i tell you that your gift is going to save a lonely child after school from from hanging around the wrong kids and from and from getting the support that they need for homework and and they're they're your kid the your kid which is disrespected and unseen and lonely and doesn't understand why they're even born that kid will be helped when you give to your organization when the donor gives they automatically feel a feeling of wow i did something great and there's actually chemicals in the brain that the same chemicals that flood the brain when you win the lottery, those same exact chemicals flood the brain when they give. Now, the thing is, they're expecting something to happen next. I gave because of this thing, and I, I, so I feel so good. It's almost like I won the lottery. It's exactly like I won the lottery. I'm, I'm like I'm doing something huge in this world. And all of a sudden, nothing happens. Radio silence. I don't hear any updates. I don't know what's going on. I have not been contacted. And sometimes even the thank you letter is a very form thank you letter. Thank you for your support of $86 in the year 2021. Without you, we can never do what we do. Thank you so much. Thank you for your gift. 
It's a very form letter, and it's missing all the reasons why I gave. So what happens is the donor says, oh, I must have made a mistake. And they actually start to resent the fact that they gave because they gave for one reason and it didn't happen. It didn't pan out. The good feelings that they were expecting. It's not that they were saying that, no, we ha- we're only going to give because we feel good. But it's biological. When you give, you feel good. And if you give and you feel good and you don't get what your brain expects to be the next steps, which is, well, I, I, I gave money to support Sammy after school. How did I do that? What happened next? Tell, I can't wait to hear. When you, so, so it's critically important to understand that when you withhold this from the donor and just send another letter when it's next fundraising season or make another ask when it's the next fundraising season saying, last time you gave this, could you do this again? Person says, well, you know, frankly, this is not a conscious decision. This happens subconsciously. But person says, well, frankly, I, I didn't get what I thought I was going to get. So let's try doing half. Let's see. Let's see what happens then. I, you might be helping people, but I'm not feeling what I thought I'd be feeling. So it's critically important to understand those two elements of your ask. Number one, what you have to present in order for a person to say yes. And number two, what you have to do after a person says yes. And when you do this, you're going to bring people in and up and up and up and up. And again, I want to caution you against falling into that very, very hard trap easy trap to fall into, hard trap to get out of, and people on your staff, perhaps even your executive director, will be not happy if you don't include the millions of people that you've helped. Can you help millions of people? Frankly, no one can help millions of people. Nobody can help millions of people. Why are you asking your donors to help millions of people? All you're doing is giving them compassion fatigue. You need to ask them to help one person. And you can tell them that there's many people like this one person, but this is the person that we're asking for, and your gift will help Sammy and others like him. And that's what you need to do. Otherwise, you're asking for an impossible task, and you're turning off the emotions instead of turning it on. A person can say, no, but if I, if I could just make them understand, then they'll give. And the way we make them understand is we want to build a logical case. We need money. We're helping people. We're helping millions of people. So we're doing a good job. We need money to do a good job. So give us money so we can do a good job. So it's like a logical case the person is building, which means if you don't give money, we can't help millions of people. And then because of you will have to close. But that's people don't give because of logic. People give because of feelings. Even the most logical data centric person you know, ultimately will only give if you can make them feel something. And that is something which is critically important to remember, to understand, to bear in mind as we approach end of quarter and last quarter of 2021 end of year fundraising fall fundraising so with that i'm going to sign off i want to thank you for doing your part for making this world a lighter greater and brighter place thanks so much thanks for listening to the grow gelt podcast We hope you enjoyed it. If you think a friend may enjoy it, please feel free to pass it on. To have your question featured on the show or to send us some feedback as to how we're doing, please send an email to egreen at growgelt.com.